Welcome to Real World, a podcast from Stumo West for soon-to-be college graduates and young professionals who desire to walk faithfully with Jesus in the real world. I'm Logan, your host for today's episode, and we have the privilege of sitting down with my good friend, Kim Epler, to have a conversation about making friends in the real world. Hey, Logan. Yes, so excited to be here and to be talking about friendships. Um, I have very much so just experienced a huge transition, moved to a new city, left behind a lot of amazing friends to kind of start over. And so this topic is very fresh on my heart. Logan, I know that it is for you too, moving to Phoenix. So I'm just excited to share with you guys from my experience and just share some tips for you guys as you navigate making friends in this transition out of college. Kim, I would love to start with our attitude because I think that is such an important aspect of this conversation. We have to have the right attitude about making friends in the real world. And so I would love for you to share with us, what do you think are some things that we can do to have the right attitude as we make this transition and start to make friends in a new season of life? I feel like we all need to really embrace the reality that we need people. We need them and we cannot flourish in our relationship with God and in our walk with God without people alongside of us um, holding hands as we figure this crazy life out. And so I would love to share maybe just a few verses about God's heart for community. Um, and so first, that first verse I want to share is 1 Thessalonians 5.14. It says, and we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened and help the weak and be patient with everyone. And so the reason I'm sharing that verse is because there are seasons where I know I have been so disheartened and I need people to hold me up spiritually. And I know there's been seasons where good friends of mine have been disheartened and they need me. They need me to share truth with them. Yeah, I love that, Kim. That's really good. I've had seasons like that too. And uh, it's not just a want, it's a need. It's good. Yeah, totally. So the next verse is Galatians 6, 2. It says, Um, carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. And so, hey, we all know this truth, but the reality is life is hard and it's messy. And the Bible says that we literally fulfill the law when we care for one another and we carry each other's burdens. And so, again, we really need each other. The next verse is James 5.16. It says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And I just wanted to share, you know, during church this last week, the pastor, you know, gave this illustration and he said, mold grows in the darkness, but it's killed in the light. And that was very powerful to me because we need people who we can share our brokenness with, our darkness with, and bring it into the light so that we can be healed and kill some of those things off. Okay, the last um, chunk of verses I want to share is Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. It says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. And so we need each other. We cannot neglect like getting together and spurring one another on. And so I feel like these are just some verses for us all to keep at the forefront of our mind to embrace the reality that like we really need people and we need deep friends. Yeah. Yeah. That's the right attitude to enter this new season of life with. It's not a, well, this will be nice if I can find it, but no, I really need to make friends. I really need to build deep relationships and not like you alluded to Kim in those verses, not just the type of friends that it's like surface level. We chat here and there, but like friends that I'm going to go deep with and that are going to really know me and that will let me know them. It's really good. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, we can see like, 
this is just God's heart for us. It's his design for us. And so I want us to lean into that and trust him too. And I think it's good, Kim, like even the scriptures themselves, like these letters that Paul was writing, some of the ones that you just read, they're written to a group of people. They're written to a, a church body, a gathering of people. I think it's easy for us uh, in our, our Western eyes to read things individually, uh, which there are individual applications of the scriptures all over the place. But the Bible, but the Bible but the cultural context the Bible was written into was so communal. Like everything was read through communal eyes. It was all about the people that you were doing life alongside. It was written to a family. It was written to a community. And so I would challenge you guys as you read even those verses that Kim just shared. And as you work through your Bible, start to view the scriptures communally. Start to view them through, hey, this is about us, not just me. And uh, I think really that that will shape your attitude and your desire to go into a new city, to go into a new job, to go into a new church and say, I need to make friends because this isn't optional. This is a need. So I think that's great. But I think for me, Kim, like when I graduated from college and I moved to a new city and I got a new job and I joined a new church, I've made that transition in the last two years. I think I had really, really high and specific expectations of what I thought friendship was going to look like, of what I thought making friends was going to look like in the real world. And I think a lot of those expectations went unmet. And I know you have a similar experience. And so I think I would love to take some time now to chat about and how can we build healthy, realistic expectations of what it's going to look like to make friends so that we can quell any disappointment and hurt of like, oh, man, like I really thought it was going to look like this and it doesn't at all. And now I'm discouraged. So. Kim, what does it look like to have healthy expectations of friendship in the real world? Yeah, wow. That's such a good question. Um, I feel like the most important thing for us to embrace is the reality that it's going to take a lot of time. It's going to be a lot longer and slower of a process to find your people um, than maybe you expected. And I think something for me, you know, I'll get into this more later, but my husband, Matt, and I just made a transition from moving. Uh, we lived overseas in Tokyo, Japan, and we moved back to the States to a new city um, where we didn't really know anybody. And during this season of like trying to find friends and make friends, it was a lot slower than I wanted it to be. Um, and there was a reality like that I was experiencing some loneliness just through the transition and not having my the people that were really, really close to me in direct proximity in this season. And I just want to say to anyone listening, that's okay. Like loneliness is okay. And I think our culture tells us that loneliness is like wrong or shameful or embarrassing because we live in the social media age where we're constantly trying to show who we're with and show what we're doing. And so to be lonely is like the worst thing you could be in our day and age. But I just want to say like, it's okay. There, there will probably be some of that through this transition. And the next thing I want to say is your people, these new friends you're making may not be exactly like, you know, your college besties, your, your best friends from college. You know, there's a good chance that your, your college best friends, you guys were maybe in the same sorority or fraternity, or, you know, you were involved in the same student organization. And so, you know, there's just a good chance that they may look different than you expected or have different interests. And that's okay. Your friends do not have to be like exact replicas of you and share your exact same interests. Yeah, I think that's so good. And even those verses that you touched on a little earlier, those things transcend like uh, personality compatibility. I think I, I was challenged in that when I showed up to 
community group in my church in my new city for the first time. And I was like, okay, these people, they look differently from me. They talk differently than me. Uh, they have different interests, like you mentioned. And so I had a choice to make in that moment of, am I just going to keep bouncing from community group to community group, seeking out this perfect fit, which I will ultimately never find? Or am I going to be okay with the fact that, hey, I'm going to build friendships in this new season of life with people that are way different from me and start to view that not as a bummer, but actually as a privilege. Um, I think that's really huge. So that's that's a good expectation, Kim. I, I think another one for me that I experienced was that people just don't have as much time to give you as they did in college. Like you mentioned, uh, our friends in college were like in the same fraternity and sorority as us. We even lived with them probably. Um, same student ministry, you name it. Um, going through the same rhythms even of same class schedules, all of those things. That is just not the reality in the real world. People have jobs with different schedules. People have uh, marriages that they have to take care of and, and cultivate. They have kids in some cases that they have to parent. And people just don't have nearly enough time to give you. Um, I, I I will take a second to advocate for if you're a single person. Like I, I was a single guy when I moved. Go live with roommates. Like I, li I live with four roommates that I love dearly. And this has helped this area a lot for me. But there are going to be a lot of cases where that's just not an opportunity for you. So just have a healthy expectation that, hey, you're not going to get to spend every single waking moment with your closest friends. I think I had that expectation and I was definitely let down. Oh, for sure. I mean, something that has marked a lot of my friendships over the last 10 years is because we have lived in such close proximity, you know, had a lot of these things in common was we kind of had the very like, oh, walk in the front door, no knocking type of friendship. And that was the best. Like I seriously will say, I'm still convinced that's the most ideal type of friendships we can have showing up unannounced. But like you said, Logan, like in these new seasons, that's probably not always that realistic. Maybe if your friends are married or they have kids or they're crazy busy with work, like you were saying. So just, just finding ways to experience that like authentic intimacy, but it might look a little bit different in this season. And so kind of to close up our like expectations chunk of this podcast, I just want to share the reality that people are the best part of life and they're also the hardest part of life. And I know that to our listeners, they already know that, you know, like it's relationships are challenging because we're broken, sinful people, but they also bring just deep joy and fulfillment. And so it really is worth pushing through some of these, you know, seasons of loneliness or adjusting. And so I want to share, um, I'm reading a book right now by Jenny Allen called Find Your People, and it's all about friendships. And she has this chart um, that I want to share. It basically is an upside down triangle. And at the top, at the widest part of the triangle, there's a section called acquaintances. And in the middle, the middle section is called village. And she describes it as a diverse community of consistent interconnected people. And then the bottom, the smallest part of the triangle says two to five close friends. And so I think that that is a very realistic and healthy expectation for you as you navigate friendships. You cannot expect to have 15 close friends because like we said, you're not going to have the same margin you did when you were in college. You, can, you don't have literally the capacity or time. And so really just, just embrace the reality of two to five really deep and close friendships. Yeah, I love that, Kim. Thanks for sharing that. And I think that would be a great book to read even in this transition season. But I, I think that's great. Like the acquaintances, which is the biggest part of that upside down triangle, like you mentioned, that's like anybody we're rubbing shoulders with on a day to day basis. Probably not people we're doing tight life on life with. 
a village probably for us as believers is our local church. It's the diverse community of of believers that we're getting to do life alongside, but not in that much depth, like not in that capacity of like, you know every single thing about me and I know every single thing about you. And so I, I like that number two to five. It's it's specific, but broad enough to say, hey, people have different relational capacities. So like if you're pretty introverted, like two is probably a good a good goal to shoot for. Um, if you're mega extroverted and you just love people so much, then yeah, up to five close friends is probably realistic. But yeah, I think I, I maybe had that expectation of I'm going to have like just like I did in college, I'm going to have eight dudes that I do full life on life with that know me so well. And it's just it really isn't realistic. And so I think it's been helpful for me to reset my expectations of if I could even have two really close guys that just know the depths of me, that I know the depths of them, that we can um, kind of go to each other with whatever we need. That is a really awesome, healthy expectation to have. And But like you said at the very beginning, that that just takes time. Yeah, for sure. And something else I want to share really quick that my pastor said was he described, he shared that some of his best friends live scattered across the U.S. Like some of the people he loves the most, knows so deeply, has walked deeply with in different seasons. But he said so confidently, he said, you know, my best friend who lives in Portland or one of my dear, dear, you know, brothers who lives in Georgia, they are not my community because they are not the people I'm walking day-to-day life with. And that was very um, profound for me to hear and to accept. And so, you know, likely as you're transitioning, you're moving to a new city or a lot of your friends are, you're all transitioning. And so not to say that those friendships are not very special and worth, you know, some of your time, but to pursue community as the people that are are right up there with you, living in the same city, maybe this, you know, the same church. So I just wanted to share that. I felt like that was really valuable. Yeah, that's really helpful. That's good, Kim. Um, let's let's transition as we close the episode into some practical tips. Let's let rubber meet the road a little bit. Um, I would love for you to help us flesh out. Okay, I've landed in this new city, in this new job, in this new church community, maybe um, whatever it looks like. How can I practically make friends with realistic expectations and the right attitude? Yeah, totally. So I would say the very first and arguably most important thing that you can do is to pray about it. Like to seriously tell God the desires of your heart to tell him, God, I really, you know, you're moving to a new city. You're leaving all your old friends behind. You're freaking scared. You're like, how am I going to do this? Share that with God and tell him that you would really love for him to provide community for you, that you would love for him to provide people for you to walk alongside with, to live out those verses that I mentioned earlier alongside with. And um, I mean, we can we know that it's important to God based on these scriptures. So therefore, we can confidently ask that he would provide those things. And I want to share from my experience, I alluded to this earlier, but you know, my husband Matt and I just moved from Japan to San Diego and we knew no one. And as soon as we found out we were going to be moving, we started to pray like fervently. Like that was the number one prayer we prayed was that God would provide community because we've been following Jesus long enough now to know that without people, we are literally toast. Like we can't. And so we started begging, 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 and God abundantly provided. And so that needs to be the very first thing that you do. Yeah. I love that, Kim. It's so huge. And I had the same experience. I just started praying when I was moving because it felt kind of daunting. I'm like, oh man, I know literally one person in this city that I'm moving to. 
just ask God, God, please provide me with a community, provide me with a village and provide me with a couple people to just do life alongside. And um, man, has he answered that prayer in so many ways. So I love that first tip is to pray. And I think to go hand in hand with that, um, we've alluded to it a handful of times in this conversation, but get plugged into a local church as soon as you can. We actually have recorded three whole episodes dedicated to this topic of what is the church? How do we navigate it? How do we plug into it? How do we serve in it? So I would challenge you to go listen to those episodes and think through, okay, how can I plug into a church? And in one of the ways uh, of experiencing the local church is building deep friendships. Um, so that that would be a huge huge thing. Yeah. Next thing I would say is to plan to initiate. Now, this might be hard if you are introverted, like we said, but even if you're extroverted, showing up to a new city and just really putting yourself out there is very vulnerable. Like, yes, let's normalize that. But you have to do it. You have to initiate. So what I want you to do, send the texts. Don't wait for people to reach out to you. And I know that that can be hard. But in the beginning, when you're just kind of meeting a handful of people, taking the initiation to meet people is really going to be what takes you to that next level with some of these new friendships. Yeah, a good practical application for that could be for maybe the first month or even two months of your time at a new local church in a new city, challenge yourself to get one new phone number every single Sunday. Like meet one new friend every single Sunday and get one new phone number and follow up with those people. I think that's a great starting point. Um, and as an introvert, that's daunting for me, for sure. So just just so you know, I'm, I'm right there with you. But I also think that utilizing connections is really huge when you show up to a new city. Um, I think of my friend Austin, the only guy that I that I knew when I showed up to the city that I moved to. Um, he, he got me connected to my local church. He got me connected to his community. He just plugged me right in. And I was so grateful because I had a connector. Like, go if you can, find a connector in the city that you're moving to and ask them to help you get connected. I've seen, at least in my experience, Kim, I know you've felt the same, that having someone connect you with other people is probably the most effective and just most realistic way to start building deep friendships in a new place. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think that because I have experienced, you know, the blessing of getting connected to a connector during my transition to San Diego, and I've seen how much that has just blessed my transition and provided tons of really amazing friends that has made me have a huge soft spot for people who are now moving to San Diego who may not have friends or may not know anybody and it makes me be like I remember so vividly how vulnerable that season was for me and I want to do everything I can to make this this new friend this new acquaintance I have find community too yeah that's good eventually we should become connectors ourselves like I, i've experienced some of the same now that i've been established in the phoenix area for a little while i i've now had uh multiple guys reach out to me telling that their friend or family member is moving to phoenix and needs to find community and so now i get to play the role of connector and, and it sounds like you're getting to do that too it's it's really special um but yeah i love that i, I also think another good tip is just to to start saying yes to everything that you can like you you definitely want to have margin in your life you don't want to overload your plate but you got to put yourself out there. Like you got to show up to the community group. You got to show up to the Bible study. You got to show up to church on Sunday. Um, show up to the random spike ball league that you found on Facebook. Like just start showing up to things, start saying yes to things. I think that's really important. As a guy, I think sometimes it could be even harder to build deep intimate friendships with, with guys you meet. Um, that's just what I've seen from experience. I think it's easier for guys to connect over surface level stuff, whether it's sports or politics or whatever, you name it. I think it's been helpful for me in building friendships 
uh, with guys in the Phoenix area to go do stuff like go, go to a football game, go on a hike, go skiing, go golfing, um, get out and do something. I've found that that's the best way to start building um, deeper friendships with guys. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I would also just say to go first. Um, and what I mean by that is, is if you are making these new friends and you desire depth and intentionality in your relationships, always just go first. I know that can be scary, but leading with vulnerability will make people feel trusted by you. And often in my experience, vulnerability begets vulnerability in others. So when you are, when you open up, it's going to really naturally lead people to open up around you. And so, um, yeah, go first. Don't hesitate to do that. Um, I've, I've also found that it's been helpful to lead alongside guys, which if you have experience with college ministry, you've probably seen this too. Like the people that you've led other people alongside become your closest friends. And for me, some of my closest friends that I've made in my city are guys in my residency program at church. I think if you can lead a Bible study with another guy or serve at your church alongside other guys and guys and girls, like serving alongside other people, leading alongside other people is a really special way to start building deep friendships because you're on the same wavelength. You have the same desires in that department and that can just lead to a lot more depth. Yeah, that's so well said. Yeah, and lastly, I would just say if you can't find it, create it. Like if you are looking and you feel like you're sincerely trying and putting yourself out there and you feel like you're kind of hitting some dead ends, okay, maybe this is an opportunity for you to create the community that you crave. And so I think a lot of these tips that we've listed, you can, if you follow those, you can cultivate and create the community that you desire and that other people desire too. Yeah, that's really good, Kim. And this is a great conversation. Thank you for being with us. I love having the right attitude when it comes to making friends in the real world. I love setting realistic expectations. And I love all those practical tips that you shared of here's how we can actually let rubber meet the road. And um, guys, we're praying for you. We're praying that you go build deep communities in whatever city, church, body you land in. And we are praying that you do life alongside them, that you go deep, that you have um, your acquaintances, your village, and your really close type friends. We hope that this episode has been helpful. We hope you'll take all this information and make it a reality in your life um, that leads to a, a deep, flourishing life of walking with Jesus in the real world. 